Support for this podcast comes from State Farm. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm is the real deal when it comes to home and car insurance. State Farm agents are always ready to help you personalize your insurance plan so you can create a policy that fits your needs. You can manage your coverage, pay your bill, or even file a claim right from your phone with the State Farm mobile app. And you can always call one of the State Farm agents in neighborhoods across the country. Get a great rate without sacrificing great service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Hey guys, this is Julia from Always Time for True Crime. Every week, I get into a new case about murder, missing persons, and serial killers. My podcast is all about the lesser-known cases. So, if you're looking for something beyond Ted Bundy or John Benet Ramsey, head on over to Always Time for True Crime for some new true crime stories. You can listen to Always Time for True Crime on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, Stitcher, and more. The French Socialist Network. I'm Jason Horton. I'm Rebecca Lieb. And this is Ghost Town. In 1983, it was six years before the World Wide Web, but the French government decided it was time to make a large investment in a very, very sexy, very socialist online network called Minitel. Now, you did an episode on Strange Year on 1983. Yes. You knew the climate of the time. France was desperate to get their technology on par with the rest of the world. And this was their biggest Commodore VIC-20, we're coming for you. Ooh. That's they said. <laughs> That's right. Let's go back to 1978, though. The telegraphs at Telephones, the National French Postal and Telephone Service, began designing the Minitel network. Officially, it's called Teletel. The name Minitel is abbreviated from the French title of Medium Interactif Par Numerisis par numerisation d'information téléphonique. Thank you, high school French. The Minitel was a video text online service. I had to look up video text, which just means a transfer from computer to computer that you plug in. It was accessible via these small, chunky computers that hooked up to telephone lines, just like kind of my first internet experience. Minitels had a screen, a keyboard, and a modem, and displayed only black and white text. And this never changed, too, which is a a big problem. As the internet evolved so quickly as I knew it um, in its infancy in the United States, the Minitel, even up until the end, was just text. So this was all born, like we said, out of this Cold War era anxiety around technology and information systems, areas in which France was perceived to have lagged behind its allies. By the end of the 1960s, only 60% of French households had a working phone line and waited for phone installation at that time was three years. That's a long, long time. So just as a comparison, to get a phone line in New York City at this time, the wait was three days. President Valérie Giscard d'Estaing's platform was to have France take significant technological leaps. So in the spirit of progress, the French government put a ton of money into Minitel, hoping to play this catch-up game. Minitel began in 1983, and it was a bit of a joke. The government distributed millions of free computers to French citizens that could access a nationwide electronic directory of telephone and address information. And that seemed nuts, again, to people that couldn't get a phone line, to somehow have a computer 
free computer appear at that door was to somehow have a free computer appear at your door is a leap. But the French government was really hoping it would increase the use of the country's 23 million phone lines and reduce the cost of printing phone books and employing directory assistant personnel. I can I can respect that. Mm-hmm. You know, good phone books have been kind of a cumbersome thing for for a long time. I mean, I guess they were, you know, useful. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's a good again, I think it's a good idea, especially in this specific let's not have you look through a book. Let's it's all right here on this machine. If it seemed intimidating to some, the government promised you that the Minitel terminal requires slightly more training than a toaster to operate. You Toasters can be hard. Toast, they yeah. can be very hard. I stick forks in them nonstop. Yeah, it can be very dangerous and very tricky. Yeah. During the first eight years of nationwide operation, 8 billion francs was spent on purchasing terminals. A profit of 3.5 billion was made after deduction of payments passed on to information providers such as newspapers and an average of 500 million francs annually was saved by printing fewer phone books. Okay, there we go. To reduce opposition from newspapers worried about competition from an electronic network, they were allowed to establish the first consumer services on Minitel. Liberation, that was said very American-like. I think it's more like Liberation, offered a 24-hour online news service such as the results of the 1984 Olympics. That was in Los Angeles at the time. Uh, so they were getting information on that, which is very powerful for the French people to get news like that. Providers advertised their own services in their own publications, which helped market the overall Minitel network. Others founded newspapers solely to create Minitel services. So this is an interesting partnership with print media, which we never quite got a hold of. I think a lot of our publications went online and there was never like this dialogue between the two. So I found that to be very interesting. By the end of the 1980s, every French adult could reportedly access Minitel either at home, work, or at public terminals. Nine million terminals would be in homes by the mid-1990s. By comparison, only 14% of Americans had internet access in 1995. Very interesting. Okay, France. Yeah. Our move. Minitel had a pretty modern... uh, interface for the time and it had so many practical uses that boggles my mind when i think about it it had more than a thousand services in 1983 in 1986 french university students coordinated a national strike using it demonstrating an early use of digital communication device for political ends which we obviously are no strangers to but more commonly you could check the weather buy a plane ticket check stocks get national news check your email search for phone numbers Buy stuff online from your favorite French retailers, test your IQ, chat with people from all over France. You could even sext. There was a specific part of Minitel called Minitel Rose, which was a sex chat service, allowing subscribers to message in one of the earlier forms of text-only sexting. Minitel Rose became the most popular service on Minitel. (laughs) Surprise to no one. And even once, it crashed the entire system. The weirdest thing was that even the sex chats were tightly regulated all traffic passed through gateway service, so sexually explicit chats, particularly those of sex workers soliciting new clients, were monitored and shut down by France Telecom with great zeal. At their peak, these Minitel Rose sex chat services were being used for an estimated 4 million hours a month, and many of the chat lines were owned by France's largely conservative regional press. One French entrepreneur said that some newspapers only survived because of their stakes in sex chats. It was considered a complete cash machine. Which is very interesting and also very smart. I mean, sex 
even in newspapers, sells and oftentimes keeps newspapers going. Like we talked about Tuesday's Child a couple of weeks ago. Ads in the LA Free Press kind of kept that going and subsidized Tuesday's Child. But of course, the sex chat can't last forever. France tried to export the Minitel system to the US and elsewhere in the 1990s with very little success. In part, this had to do with how specific French context allowed it to flourish. In France, there was a historical investment by citizens in the state and also a state that was willing to make major financial investment in technology. Also, a public that was allowed to be monitored by its government and a government that was really involved in the public. And again, this is a very specific circumstance for this to thrive. But it was still, again, incredibly and completely text-based and obsessively government-monitored. Plans to cancel Minitel began in 2008. (laughs) Again, it feels so far down the line. But on February 11th, 2009, France Telecom announced that they were to cancel plans to end the service. Its directory assistance service was still being accessed over a million times a month. On this old computer from the 80s. How long do you think it lasted after that? Six years. Oh, pretty good. It lasted until June 30th, 2012, due to complete lack of interest and high operational cost. But even then, there was still about 400,000 regular Minitel users, including 2,500 dairy farmers whose entire industry ran almost solely on Minitel in the 2010s. And they also get a little bit randy and they'd be like, yeah, they'd be like hey, hey, hey you hey, up? You yeah, up? Yeah. Yeah. Um, there is a great New York Times article on the dairy farmers who obsessed over Minitel and mourned its loss and had nowhere else to go because they had used this system and evolved it to the point where almost all of their commerce was on it. You wonder how many people, if not for Minitel, wouldn't mm-hmm. have met or you know things wouldn't have happened. Yeah, or... I hope. I want to hear some Minitel love stories. I want to hear some chats. I want to see some transcripts. I want to see. I want to hear Minitel disaster stories. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I want Bring some it. fails. Yeah, this is. Yeah. So, what can we learn from this Minitel fail? It is a successful experiment in accessibility, one that led to cultural change, a new kind of community. It doesn't. It didn't seem to evolve. Mm-hmm. I think maybe it's part of the maybe part of the problem where you can take what Definitely. you have and invest a little bit and you know, work with different developers and, and make something from that and still have mm-hmm. all that user base and not throw that away. Yeah. But you're right. It started, it came on strong, very revolutionary. Think about all the things you could do on this thing in 1983, but it didn't really go farther past that. I feel like in America, you know, people, when the internet came out and computers, everything's a fad, right? Mm-hmm. This is a fad. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bother. This is a fad. And it seems like, at least in France, they didn't necessarily take that stance Mm-mm. whereas maybe it wouldn't have done well here because everything is a fad yeah maybe and this is kind of all they had too in a lot of different ways it was also really interesting an interesting model for data privacy at the end of the month they would just erase all of the records so no user information was stored. The sites themselves didn't know who was calling into them. It was impossible for companies to track user behavior because there was no information about them to buy or sell. That's kind of crazy. Given well, that's you know, that's how it is here now with the internet and sure, social sure. media sites, yeah, right? It's yeah. the same You're, thing. That's right. That's exactly right. Nobody is monitoring us right now. Yeah, no, it's not. Mm-hmm. Nobody's. I'm not going to get an ad for... 
chatting. Yeah, or and... patreon.com slash ghost town pod. Like, you're not going to get an ad for that. No, no way. We wouldn't let that happen. Uh-uh. That just, uh, you know, it's just a place you can go and mm-hmm. you can chat pretty much with us. Yeah, chat with, hey, hey, hey babe. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Is that, you used to do oh, that for a living. I did, I did. I've I've been out of it for a while. Yeah, I, yes. I guess I get it. Get back in. Go to France and get you, back in. You actually might. I don't know. You might get actually in the need game. to. Hello, dairy farmers. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's only one way to go with that. 